Hello, this is episode six of season two. In this episode, I'll be talking about bathrooms and en-suites, and we'll also talk about powder rooms. These areas, along with our kitchens, they generally are the cost-intensive areas of our home. So let's learn how to get it right. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. This episode is about the wet areas in our homes, namely the bathrooms, en-suites and powder rooms. As mentioned in the intro, these are cost-intensive areas in our home. They, as well as our kitchens, they'll generally have the highest cost rate per square metre when compared with the rest of our home when we're looking at a renovation or building project budget overall. And this is, of course, because of the plumbing and the electrical and the finishes and the fixtures and the amount of things that actually get condensed into quite a small area when compared to looking at our home's budget overall. They also, of course, need to function in some pretty core and fundamental ways. Look, when these areas aren't arranged well, when elements in them aren't sized appropriately, and when these rooms sit in difficult positions within our homes, they can seriously impact the convenience of our daily routines. So firstly, I'm going to get clear on the terminology that I use and how I'm, what I'm meaning when I talk about bathrooms, en-suites and powder rooms. And this is really just so there's no confusion as we're talking about this. And then, of course, we'll explore the four Fs and how they relate to your bathroom, en-suite and powder room. And, of course, I'll share three mistakes and three design tips. There are some general pieces of advice that apply whether we're considering the bathroom, ensuite or powder room that are just general to all three of those spaces. And then there's information that is specific to each of them individually. So whilst this episode relates to all three of these rooms, I will identify some specific things to know about each of them as we go. So firstly, let's have a look at the terminology. Now, your bathroom, for me, when I talk about bathrooms, it's the main bathroom or the family bathroom. So it will typically include a vanity and a shower. And sometimes there'll be a bath in there as well. And that bath may be located underneath the shower uh, or it be a separate bath in a hob or a freestanding bath. Sometimes the toilet will be in the family bathroom or it will be a separate room that's attached to the family bathroom. The ensuite is the bathroom that's dedicated to the master bedroom. So it will generally have a shower and a toilet. That shower might sometimes be a double shower, so have two shower heads. And generally there's a vanity that will be a double vanity, so a his and hers vanity, or a longer basin that two people can stand at and share. Sometimes the ensuite will also have a bath and it will generally be accessed from within the master bedroom. The powder room is a room with only a toilet in it, and it will sometimes have a vanity basin in it as well. So this room can also be called a WC on a floor plan, which stands for water closet. 
It can be the separate toilet to the family bathroom, or it can actually be an extra toilet in the house. So when you see two and a half bathrooms referred to in uh, describing a home, it will be the family bathroom, the ensuite, and then the powder room generally. And often the powder room is what guests will use when they're over at your place, rather than them venturing into your ensuite or into your family bathroom. Now, collectively, these rooms are referred to as wet areas, and wet areas will also include the laundry, which I'll be talking about in our next episode. So now we know what is what, let's firstly pause at feel. How do we want these wet areas to feel? Look, it may feel a bit odd talking about bathrooms, en suites and powder rooms in this way, because some some people just can't kind of grapple that they they want to actually feel a certain way about them. But many homeowners I speak to actually do have specific desires about how they want these rooms to feel. And especially the ensuite. Some of these are not strictly feelings though. They'll be about how they need to function as well. But they're equally important in the discussion. I find that many en-suites in particular will be inspired by visits to holiday locations. So I've had clients want to replicate a layout or a design that they've experienced in a resort that they've visited and bring that sense of holiday and relaxation to their own en-suite space. So what are some of the feelings that I hear? Well, they include luxurious, peaceful, functional, clean, easy to maintain, spacious, uncluttered, light and bright. Did you get feelings like this or is there something different that you're seeking from yours? Remember, write them down, okay? Now let's dive into functionality. Ensuites, bathrooms and powder rooms all have similar types of performance requirements. Their primary function is, of course, getting clean and ablutions. It's pretty straightforward. However, they do have secondary functions. As I said, one of the functions can be relaxation. I know some people don't think of themselves as bath people, but other people definitely do. You know, and if you are a bath person, chances are your bathroom can be a pretty special place for you to get some time out and relax. Of course, they can also be a makeup room, getting ready room for for hair and putting your face on. And that also impacts how they need to perform. And some of their functionality requirements will also be dictated by who uses them. So the bathroom is traditionally the family space and predominantly used by the kids. The ensuite will be yours as the adults in your home and you may make a call about whether the kids get any access to it at all. And when a powder room is in the home, it can be shared by everyone in the family and also of course used by guests. Now, orientation-wise, I really love a bathroom that's on the eastern side of the home, especially for morning use. That's a great way to wake yourself up and have a lovely light-filled room uh, in the morning when you're using it. And southern orientation is good as well. Now, I did share in my season one podcast, though, that the western side of the house is good for bathrooms, laundries, and storage areas. And this is largely because you don't occupy... these rooms, these bathrooms and laundry spaces for long periods of time, unlike your living and your kitchen and your dining spaces. So there are options for where you can locate these wet areas. And my approach is always to prioritize the orientation of your living and bedroom spaces first and get those right in your floor plan according to what direction they need to face and then see what you're left with for your wet areas and your storage spaces. 
Now, sometimes bathrooms, en suites and powder rooms can get internalized on a floor plan. So that is, they don't actually sit on an external wall at all, and hence they don't get window openings in them. There are building code rules about the amount of ventilation that these rooms have to have, but it can be supplied mechanically with a fan exhaust or similar. So it's not compulsory to have windows in your bathrooms. However, it is certainly nicer. And I recommend that if you are internalizing any of these spaces in your floor plan, if they're on an upper floor, that you at least look at getting a skylight like a solar tube, uh, sky tube or something similar so that you are getting some form of natural light into these spaces. Now, next we're going to look at flexibility. In these spaces, being built in with fixtures and tiles and plumbings, it of course means that the layout of the room isn't very flexible. So one of the ways to make a flexible home is, of course, to enable it to serve you now and into the future. And when you're building something like a new bathroom, ensuite or powder room, it can be helpful to think about what you may need in five or ten years' time, as well as potentially right now. Now, some of the ways to think about how you design these spaces for flexibility or for future proofing, they can relate to how many people live in your home and their ages and genders. So I'll share some examples. I find that if you have three or more kids, creating a separate toilet to the main family bathroom is a bit of a must, okay? So this doesn't mean that you'll have a toilet in there as well. It just means that you keep the toilet outside the family bathroom in its own separate room. This will help enable that the shower and the toilet can be used simultaneously and help older kids maintain privacy whilst they're doing that, whilst minimising arguments, of course, or meaning that they're traipsing into your ensuite all the time. With two kids, you can generally get away with keeping the toilet in the main bathroom if floor space doesn't allow for you to separate it out. Now, if you have three girls, you may want to consider a double vanity in the family bathroom and some good storage space in there too. This will really help as they move into their teen years and their early 20s and they're still at home. Often homeowners will debate about where to put the bath in the house and I feel that for resale in a family home, it's advisable to have at least one bathtub in the house, okay? And then it becomes a discussion about whether you put it in the family bathroom or into the ensuite. Now, most homeowners will put their bath into the family bathroom and when your kids are little, they'll often have a bath instead of a shower, so that makes sense. However, if you're a bath person and as an adult and you love chilling out in the bath, you know, you may not like the idea of bathing in your family bathroom or and you may not find it particularly relaxing. So then putting your bathtub in your ensuite make, might make more sense to you. I think the decision will come down to personal choice and it'll also depend on whether resale is important to you. Look, if homes in your areas are generally being bought by young families or people about to start families, then I'd recommend putting the the bath into the family bathroom. But when you do that, make sure that there's also room to sit beside the bath on a stool or even a little built-in bench because supervising little ones in a bath whilst being perched on the edge of a bath hob and leaning over, it gets uncomfortable pretty quickly. Now let's have a think about furnishability. When it comes to bathrooms, en-suites and powder rooms, their furniture is its generally fixed, all right? So it's important to get it right and to choose early and choose well. I've seen that in an effort to keep these wet areas as compact as possible, 
they can actually end up being quite challenging to use because you end up knocking knees and elbows on tiled walls and surfaces trying to be in them on a daily basis. So I've just got a few things to mention here that I'd like you to keep aware of. Now, wet areas will include fixtures such as toilets, showers, vanity basins and baths. So think about how you use these things and how much you physically take up space when you use them. You know, for example, if you're washing your hair in the shower, you'll have your arms up and your elbows out. So don't make your shower so narrow that you end up banging your elbows on the glass every time you go to wash your hair. Don't make your powder room so small that you actually have to straddle the toilet to use the vanity basin in there. Don't forget the other items as well that need to go into these spaces. So there'll be hand towel hooks or rails, towel rails, toilet roll holders, uh, tapware and soap and shower shelves or built-in niches. And then, of course, there's tiling, mirrors, trims and other finishes that go into the room as well. Think carefully about how you want them positioned and laid out. You know, where do you want your tiling to start and finish? One of the mistakes that I see many homeowners make is that they actually don't give explicit instructions for how they see all of these things being laid out or they don't commission drawings from their designer for wet areas themselves. So, you know, these these wet areas, they're small rooms, but they actually involve a lot of details and a lot of decisions and the coordination between a lot of elements to ensure that they come together well. So, for example, if you're needing to fix towel rails, toilet roll holders, those types of things in your bathroom, you'll generally need to specify where they go whilst your project is at framing stage, so timber framing going up, because extra framing really should go into the walls to support these fixtures before the walls are even lined, so that when they're being fixed into walls, they're actually going into the frame and not just through into the tiles. You know, if you want a wall-hung vanity basin or a unit, so you don't want anything sitting on legs, but you actually want it fixed to the wall and sitting off the floor, which is great for cleaning and keeping your bathroom easy to maintain and also feeling more spacious, you'll actually need to specify that before the framing because a tiled wall won't hold a vanity unit on its own. And if you want an in-wall cistern for your toilet, so you want a hidden cistern, then you'll need to specify that at the design stage because in-wall cisterns will actually need a specific wall layout to accommodate them when compared to a wall-facing cistern and unit. If you want a certain type of floor waste, say a round one, a square one, an inlaid tile version or a lineal grate, you know, these things can impact the tiling layout and how the actual bedding is laid before the tiles go down to make sure that your tiles will fall to the floor waste properly. Do you want your tiles running horizontally or vertically? Do you want all the tile joints to line up or do you want them to step like a brick wall? Do you want the grout to match the colour of the tiles or to be a different colour? And if you don't want odd tile joints where they're really visible, then it pays to show on drawings or to discuss with the tiler before they start how they can lay out the tiles in these rooms to avoid this. So discussing these options early and making choices and decisions on them early will really serve you. Getting all the information together when making your decisions is also really important. You know, you rarely make decisions in isolation when it comes to building and renovating. Often a decision in one area will have a flow-on impact in another. So, for example, I've seen a homeowner be told that an in-wall system toilet is cheaper than a wall-facing toilet where you actually buy the the, you know, like a standard toilet, basically the cistern and the toilet are one unit. So a homeowner was told, 
get a hidden cistern, it's cheaper than buying a, a standard toilet. And on face value, that's actually true. When you look at the two units on the bathroom showroom floor, that, that is true. But you need to understand the difference in cost of framing and labour and other construction requirements before making that decision because sometimes one decision will cost more than the other with the labour and material and framing costs that have to go into creating an in-wall system toilet. So you need to be aware of all of these, the impact of these decisions, particularly if you're trying to keep an eye on your budget. Now let's move on to flow. It's a bit strange to talk about flow uh, and bathrooms on Swedes and powder rooms, uh, isn't it? But here I want to actually suggest a few things in how you position your wet areas within your home. So first let's talk about en suites. Now generally when you're planning your master bedroom, I feel that it's best if you can lie in bed and not see directly into your ensuite or your walk-in robe. I often see en-suites being added onto one side of the master bedroom so that if you lay in your bed and you turned your head to one side, you'd see directly into the en-suite space. Now, our en-suites and walk-in robes are essentially what I term service spaces in our homes, and they aren't always immaculate and they don't always smell great. So if you want a restful, calming feeling in your bed itself, I really recommend that you don't position service areas so that you can see into them from your pillow. For your family bathroom, it's best if you can position it in close proximity to the kids' bedrooms. And one mistake I've seen homeowners make is they put the kids' bedrooms at one end of the house and then the family bathroom at the other end. And kids, especially the younger ones, they'll then be making nudie dashes, most likely with poorly dried feet, across the more public areas of your home and sometimes past your front door, So, which is not so great when it's open and guests are arriving. Now for your powder room, this is best when located in an area that guests in your home can access without venturing into the more private parts of your house. So it's also great if it's not located in or accessed via an area that's sort of challenging to keep organised in a family home, such as your laundry. So when designing and reviewing your floor plan, think about this scenario. Now you've got friends over, you're in the kitchen getting food ready and someone says, where's your loo? How easily can you actually direct them to it? And will they feel that they can go and have some acoustic privacy and visual privacy from everyone else in your home while they're on the toilet? So you want it a little bit tucked out of the way, but not super hard to find. And if you've got a pool in your back garden, you also want to have a think about how kids especially will get from the pool area to your powder room to go to the toilet without traipsing wet feet across floor finishes and through areas that can't really take it as well. Now, let's look at the three main mistakes that you can make with your bathroom ensuite and powder room. I've mentioned lots of design tips and mistakes throughout the course of this podcast, but these are three main ones that I see people make a lot. Mistake number one is that they make it, they plan the wet area so that the toilet is visible with the door open and it's the first thing you see when you walk into the room. Now, one of the things that I always seek to do is to locate the toilet in any wet area so that it's not visible when the door to the room is open. This means that what happens is that if somebody's accidentally walked in uh, on, so somebody accidentally opens the door while somebody's in there on the loo, it means that that person's then not exposed to the outside of the room or necessarily to the person walking in whilst they're sitting on the loo. And it also means that you can have the door open and the room present reasonably well. You know, if you if you listen out for my design tips, I'll actually suggest what you should see when you do walk into a, a bathroom ensuite or powder room. But yeah, I always recommend that you position the toilet behind the door. 
Now, mistake number two is that your powder room is directly accessed off your main hallway of your home. So what I see is when uh, people locate the powder room so that the door opens off the main entry hallway or it's located at the end of the main hallway so the view down the hallway is straight to the toilet. The general feeling that most people have and most people are seeking when they are creating sort of that entry process into their home is that they want it to feel like one of welcome and one of relaxation and that feeling of coming home as you walk into your house. And the truth is that no matter how well ventilated your powder room is, it will smell at some point and it's a service area. So there's this thing about walking past a service area and one that smells door straight off your entry hallway that will, it just won't add or help with that welcoming arrival into your home. So I always recommend that you tuck it off the hallway slightly and give it some privacy, some visual privacy from the entry hallway. Mistake number three is not planning the location of your towel rail uh, during your design phase. So as I mentioned earlier, all your fixtures in your wet areas will generally require framing support in the wall in the actual framing of the wall for them to be able to be durable over time. So given a bathroom is a regularly used space and it's expensive one to invest in, one thing you definitely want is durability. So I really recommend that you position and plan out these things as you're designing. Have a look at how the main door into the bathroom will open and where it will open onto, how shower doors will swing and what they'll open out onto and look at how far you'll have to step uh, when you're dripping wet, basically, from your shower to get to the ha- the hanging towel, um, or will you end up creating inconvenience in so far as that somebody's always going to have to take the towel off the towel rail and have to sit it on something beside the shower in order not to drip all over your bathroom. Now, I've also got three design tips to help you get it right in these wet areas. Now, design tip number one is to locate your vanity. So it's the first thing that you see when you walk into your bathroom ensuite or powder room. Now, your vanity is usually the most expensive item in your bathroom. Joinery, vanity basins, tapware, splashback, mirror, all of those things, they'll add up to a beautiful feature. They also add up to a big chunk of your budget. And and it often is the thing that sets the aesthetic tone or aesthetic statement for each wet area as well. So if you locate it so it's the first thing that you see when you walk into the room, it does a few things. Now, it immediately presents the style of the overall room to you as you arrive into the room. And it puts the biggest investment up front where it can be celebrated and noticed. And then other items, they can really take a back seat and they don't need to be as heroic as the vanity or potentially have as much money spent on them. You can actually pair things back you know, and make the other other choices quite budget level and quite simple and get bang for buck by investing it in your vanity and putting it up front as the thing that you see first. It also will put the mirror uh, on your view as you walk in and that will help then give light and expand the space of the, of the bathroom ensuite or powder room just purely by the reflection that it creates. All of these things will help your wet area feel more luxurious and spacious because you're focusing attention where it helps the room overall. Now, design tip number two is to ensure that you give your bathtub enough room, whether it's freestanding or it's built in. One thing I see many homeowners get attached to is the idea of a freestanding bath, uh, and then they put it into a wet area without enough room around it. Or they put a bath into a bath hob, and then they all the bath edge is all jammed up against the walls and into the corner. 
Now, remember that water, steam, soap scum, general daily use of a bathroom, they all make for grime and muck in your wet areas. And if you can't reach into corners or behind things to regularly keep them clean and dry them out, stuff will get pretty icky pretty quickly. And finishing tile work neatly around a bath hob in particular, it requires there to be enough bath hob to actually lay those tiles on. Now, baths come in a variety of lengths and widths and fixing details. So if you want a certain type of bath, make that part of your brief to your designer and then the bathroom can be sized appropriately right from the word go. Design tip number three is to choose your tile extents and types early as it impacts your budget. So what's a tile extent? Well, it's the amount of space that you'll be tiling in each of these rooms. So which surfaces, how high you'll go on your walls, for example, and how much of your walls you'll cover. Tiling extents can vary depending on whether it's your bathroom, ensuite, or powder room. So some people do different tiling extents in each of these rooms, and it can also depend on the look that you're seeking as well and your budget overall, of course. So just start to notice this in bathrooms that you're in. You'll see sometimes that tiles go right to the ceiling. Sometimes they'll align with the top of the door and the mirror and the shower screen. Other times they're only inside the shower recess itself and around the bath and behind the vanity. And then elsewhere in the room, they'll just be a skirting tile around the bottom of the wall. If you have a specific preference for how you want your tiling to be in your wet areas, determine it early so that you can be sure it's included in your budget. Because generally when you're getting budgets for building and renovating, tiles will be allowed for at a certain cost per square metre for your actual tile selection. And then there will also be a cost per square metre for laying those tiles. However, tile laying costs will vary depending on the size of the tile that you choose. And then of course the tile costs themselves will vary. So this can dramatically impact the overall budget of your wet areas. So getting early ideas around your preferences for sizes, styles, extent, you know, these things will really help ensure that your budget estimates reflect what you actually want. I've seen lots of homeowners get disappointed to discover that their budgets that they've been working on for ages and even their signed contracts that they only allow for, say, a $30 per square metre tile, which is 300 by 300 in size. And they've had their heart set on an $80 per square metre tile that's 600 by 600. So it's a different supply cost and a different laying cost. And then they have to make this horrible decision about how they're going to handle the extra cost or whether they have to reselect the tile. And sometimes this is having to be done on the fly and it causes a lot of stress and um, frustration. So I really recommend that you, you investigate these options early on and try and get them into your budget as early as possible. So that's it for bathrooms, en-suites and powder rooms. Now, you may feel like there's a lot to think. I know I've, I've, no, I've thrown up lots of things in this podcast episode, but the next time you're sitting in a bathroom, be it yours or someone else's, just have a look around you and make a list of all the things that are permanently fixed in there. There's actually a lot of items packed into a relatively small area and it all needs to function well, be durable, easy to clean and maintain in order for your wet areas to not cause you issues and in terms of designing them and specifying how they get constructed and finished there's a lot of decisions to be made and a lot of coordination to make sure that it all comes together really well. So planning these things early will of course make your process simpler overall. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to be moving on to wardrobes, walk-in robes, linen storage, 
mudrooms and laundries. So these are storage and other service areas in your home and of course they need to function simply and well to make your home life more convenient. So next episode will certainly help you get it right in these areas. I'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining me here at Get It Right with Undercover Architect. If you're wanting to learn more about how to design a home, I've actually created a special five-step e-guide to get you started. It's free and you can get your copy now. It's called How to Design a Home, Five Simple Steps to Getting It Right. And you can head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash home design to get your free copy emailed straight to your inbox. And I'll put that link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please head to iTunes and subscribe because that way then you'll be the first to know about new episodes and you'll also help others like you find out about this podcast. I'd really love it if you could leave a review too, please, because it'll tell iTunes to share this podcast with other homeowners like you. And if you have friends or family planning their future homes, please let them know about the podcast as well. Everyone who is renovating or building can then get support in getting it right. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. Jack Rabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.